to have my son-in-law here and also my son and my daughter. Yeah. They'll critique the sermon and I'll know afterwards what I did right and wrong. <laughs> Getting back to the old days. All right. Genesis 37. Starting with verse number one. One, two, three, four, and five. And Jacob dwelled in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel, other name for Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his other brethren, they hated him, meaning Joseph, and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Father, I am believing, God, because of your goodness, you're going to draw people to you this day. And I'm praying, God, also for your goodness to allow me to preach your gospel this day. And Lord, may it act just as a magnet, may it be attracted to those that are here that want to see your will accomplished and done within their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Joseph had a dream. His dream got shattered. Here's the great thing about the man, even a young man. Joseph dreamed again. And Joseph saw his dreams fulfilled. God uses 13 chapters in the book of Genesis to tell us about a guy by the name of Abraham. God uses 13 chapters to tell us about a guy by the name of Joseph. The 13 chapters of Abraham is more important to us because they deal with us on a spiritual nature. We could say the chapters in Joseph's life are important to us as well because they deal with us on a very practical nature on what this young man went through. Joseph was hated by his brothers. Joseph was conspired against by his brothers. Joseph was stripped off of his clothing. Joseph was let down into a pit. Joseph was sold into slavery. Joseph was falsely accused. Joseph was put into prison for 12 years. Yeah, but you know, I went to church last week and the preacher, he snubbed me. He didn't even shake my hand. I hope you don't get put in the line after Joseph at Judgment Day. The things that this young guy, a young man, what he was able to go through 
and keep his integrity intact. It's an amazing thing. There was adversity against him. His brothers was envious of him. Because that, there were injustices done against him. There were temptations thrown his way. He had family problems. He had work problems. He had people problems. And do you know what card Joseph never played? He never played the victim card. Oh, this always happens to me. America, I hate to say it, we are rampant with people that's more than willing to play the victim card. And what it does, they think, is give them an excuse not to try again. But you know the word triumph? I like that word. It's triumph. I like that. <laughs> triumph. That's what I see in this man's life. In Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things, everybody say all things. All things. Everybody say all things. All things. All means all, and that's all that it means. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to God's purpose, God's plan. God, he had to be able to get the children of Israel into Egypt and then 400 years later, his plan was to get them out of Egypt. Joseph was going to be the way into Egypt. Moses, 400 years later, would be the way out of Egypt. And from the life of Joseph, we see that he had a blood-stained coat. And in that came the strategy of God. And in that came service. For God's work. The first coat that we receive is a coat of salvation. Jacob, Joseph's father, gave him a coat of many colors. The literal Hebrew says of many pieces. So it was a patchwork coat. They also believed it was to a, be a full-length coat. It covered him. I believe that it be, by being a patchwork, it tells different things about the salvation of God. For by grace are you saved. There is a big patchwork piece on this coat. Through faith, there again, is another piece of this patchwork coat. It was all pieced together by the hand of God. 21 times in the New Testament, salvation is referred to as a gift. And the reason that is because God knows that in America, people would consider salvation as something you work for. And nothing can be further from the truth. Salvation is a gift. I don't want to use that. That's too cheap. Can't afford to give that one. I've done this about three times. I've given away a 20, then I give away a 10, and now today I'm giving away a 5. I don't know what that says about me. I'm a poor preacher. I told somebody one time, I'm a poor preacher, and the guy said, I know, I've heard you preach. <laughs> so, 
So as a gift, me wanting to give this $5 bill with the face of Lincoln. There you go. Face of Lincoln. As a gift, I want to give this $5 bill. It's a gift. And I could say as a gift, I want to give this $5 bill. As a gift, I want to give this $5 bill. Maybe I should have went with... <laughs> oh, here we go. All right. All right. God can give and give and give and give and give much like I gave and gave and gave and gave and gave the $5, but yet you have got to receive. For as many as received him, to them gave you the power to be called the sons and daughters of God. This coat was a coat again that covered Joseph. Just like the love of God, or compassion, or grace, or love, or mercy, or faith, how that covers us. It was a bloodstained coat. I told you last week that the, those brothers kept their mouth shut knowing full well that they knew the truth. They dipped that coat in a lamb's blood and then presented it to their father. And he grabbed it and started weeping and saying that my son Joseph had been mauled by an animal. And every brother knew that was false and they kept their mouth shut. They were complicit in that being guilty because they kept their mouth shut. When you know that something is flat out wrong, when someone says something against someone that you know that's not the case and you keep your mouth shut, shame on you. That's right. Stand up and be a man or a woman and, and be credited with what's right and stand up for what's right and speak up for what's right. Boy. A lamb died, Joseph lived. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness for sin. Amen? Amen. The second coat that this young man had on was a code of Christian conduct as a young man. See, I don't, I, I just, I flat out deny this, that there's two gospels, that there's a gospel for the young people and there's a gospel for everybody else. I reject that. The same gospel for everybody. These people, whether they're a young person and that, whether they're hooked on, on drugs, pornography, uh, sex, alcohol, Whatever it is, if you're, if you're old enough to get hooked on that, you're old enough to get hooked on Jesus. That's the way I see it. That's right. That's exactly right. In Pilgrim's Progress, and I really recommend everybody getting an a updated English version of that. Uh, and I say English version because even if you get the old type English version, it's really not the English version. Oh, man. I watched Turn last week that, uh, about the spy ring that George Washington had on the six spies. And it began tonight. Uh, man, I get a headache just watching that, trying to decipher what those British people are saying. Even though it's English, it's hard to understand. So get a, get a book written in today's lingo. You'll see in that at some point, 
That Christian who is the lead character in Pilgrim's Progress, he's locked away in Doubting Castle. And the only way out was for him to find the key of faith. And when he found the key of faith, he was able to get out and escape Doubting Castle. Christian conduct will be shaped by our faith. That's why in Matthew, we see in Matthew 13, the mustard seed, basically the story of that, Matthew 13, 31, is the mustard seed's going to get big someday. The mustard seed, the least of all the seeds. But it's saying it's going to get big one day. Again, that's why I feel about every Christian person. You should grow in your faith. It's normal for us to grow. Preacher, I'm just not being fed. You don't know how imbecilic and how, and how, uh, child, and how childish that sounds to me when somebody says that to me, and they have over the years. I'm just not being fed. Well, get out of your high chair and waddle over to the adult chair and sit there and feed yourself. You need more than the 30 minutes that you're going to get here, hearing me on Sunday morning. Amen. <laughs> Have a set time every day where you are getting the Word of God within you. The Bible says concerning James, the half-brother of Jesus, that he was a pillar in the church. And the very first time I read that, I thought, man, that's what I want to be. I want to be a pillar, not a caterpillar. I don't want to just crawl in and out and hope somebody don't step on me. No, I want to be a pillar. How many of you have ever read Great Expectations? We had to read that. Mr. Cotton made us read that during the holiday tournament when I was a freshman in high school. And he said, yeah, but it's a holiday tournament. I don't care, kid. You're going to read it. And the only thing I remember about that whole book is Miss Haversham. Miss Haversham was scheduled to be married, and the day came, and they had the cake, they had everybody there, the bridesmaids, all the guests were there. It was going to be held at the big house where she lived in. And the time came and gone, and the groom never showed up. And when everybody left, she went over to the grandfather clock and she stopped the clock at 3.40. And years later, it shows that room as you walk back into that room. And the cake is still there, half eaten by the mice. And the cobwebs are everywhere. And there you look over to Grandfather Clock, and it's still years and years and years and years later. It's still 3.40. The expectation that she had got shattered, and she was never willing or able to pick herself back up again. And I'm going to tell you, in life, you're going to have some expectations, and a lot of them is going to be stomped on. One of the great things that I like, there in the book of Acts chapter 2, the Bible says the man laid, the lame man was at the gate beautiful, and he laid there day in, day out. And here are the key words, expecting to receive. I like that. I think there is the key to most Christians when they come to church, they ought to get there expecting to receive. 
When you go to a concert, you get there two hours early and you scope out a place that you're going to eat and you eat and then you go there to the concert and you get there early and you run to the front seat and you get your seat just right and man, you're expecting to receive. You need to do the same thing. Next Sunday morning, get to Orchardville about two hours early and drive around and scope out where you're going to eat. And get your seed and get there just ready, expecting to receive. That's a great lesson for us all. Two things we learn from Joseph. Number one, your clothes can get you in trouble. Number two, be careful who you tell your dreams to. Now, if you got nothing else out of this message, those two things is worth it. Your clothes can get you in trouble. And number two, be careful who you tell your dreams to. Joseph is let down into a pit by his brothers. Has anybody ever been let down? Yeah? Preacher, I'll never trust anyone again. Wrong answer. I see Paul, he was betrayed by Demas, and yet he rose again. He didn't let that stop him. We see that over 120 people Paul trusted in helping him get the gospel out. I have been let down before, but there are hundreds of people that I trust right now, and I believe they'll do the right thing. I've been betrayed. I'm still going to trust people. Judas betrayed the Lord Jesus. He still trusts people. He trusts me with the preaching of his message. He still trusts people. Joseph was sold into slavery. Who bought him? Potiphar. And then Potiphar's wife began coming on to this 17-year-old young man. Not just once, at least three times. And the third time, it said her advances were so overt that the Bible said he fled. In the Hebrew, you know what that means? He fled. And the reason why is because she is not a part of the dream that God had given him. I heard one woman tell me one time, oh, I bet she was ugly. I said, that makes no sense at all. None. This woman was a perfect 10. The devil went after him with everything that he had and could not topple this man's integrity. Mom asked a little boy one time, Son, why do you keep falling out of bed? And his answer was really good. He said, Mom, I guess I just stay in too close to where I get in. That's a lot of Christians, description right there. They stay, they stay right in where they got in. They never grow. They never move any, any more in God. They just stay right there where they got in. They focus on what God wants for you in your life. I'm going to brag on some people right now. Uh, Jeremy and Vadon Stroud, where are they at? Right over there. Uh, Jeremy had been doing Boys of Strength for 12 years. 
But Don been doing Girls of Grace for 12 years. They're going to retire in that pretty soon-like. Let me tell you about them. Along with, where's Ruth Smith? Ruth Smith, been doing the nurseries for over 20 years. Been doing funeral dinners for over 20 years. And she's retired in those things now. I think she still helps some with the funeral dinners. Jeff McLean over at the Centralia branch. Been helping out, playing guitar, and doing music for the modified youth ever since they started over at Centralia. Uh, going on six years now. Each and every one of those individuals, I never, ever had to worry, oh, are they getting their job done? No, they were focused on what God had called them to do, and they done their job. Thank God for people that have that kind of integrity about them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The third coat is the overcomer's coat. Joseph overcame lies and hatred and disappointment. You meant it for evil, is what he tells his brothers. God meant it for good. Great verse in Genesis 50. I want to read that. Genesis 50, verse 25. Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you. Oh, I like that. He knew that God was going to keep his word. They're still all, in the, they're still all there in Egypt at this time. And Joseph took an oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry my bones from this place meaning that they would bury him in the promised land. They carried his body for 400, no, for 40 years. 40 years. Can you imagine that? Carried his body, but says he was, he was in a coffin. Joseph died being 100 years old, 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt for 40 years, all during the wilderness wanderings. They carried the remains of Joseph. Now, we're talking about where he left. He left Egypt. He was second in command to Pharaoh. What kind of pyramid, what kind of monument would they have built this man who, because of his knowledge of knowing what was going to happen, saved the world from starvation? He rejected all of that to be associated with the people of God. He rejected all of that. This man stayed close and honored his heritage. I've always been a little bit weary of people that, are da that down talk their mom or their dad or their family members. I've always been a little bit leery of people like that. This man held on to his heritage. I've always... Always been leery of highfalutin people. I don't even like falutin people. <laughs> but this man held on to what he knew what the promise of God was for his people, and that someday they were on the move. And they did exactly that.
In Revelation chapter 2, it says, He that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life. And this man had a code of salvation. He had the code of Christian conduct. And he had the code of an overcomer going on in his life. And it all started, as far as we know, when he was 17 years of age. And I didn't go ahead and study this. I, I've studied this years ago, but uh, I didn't look it up uh, last week. But Joseph has two children while he is in Egypt. He marries a woman. I think her name was a Zenith. And whereas Potiphar's wife was a 10, I'm sure the way God works things out, with him being more than faithful in that, I'm sure his zenith was 10 plus. I'm sure, he, I'm sure she made Potiphar's wife look like a nag. <laughs> and can you imagine with, with the honors that was bestowed upon Joseph by Pharaoh himself, being second in command of all of Egypt and all of the known world, can you imagine when Potiphar and Potiphar's wife had to appear before Joseph? But there again, a man of such a sterling character, I'm sure that he would forgive them just as well as he forgave his own brothers. But I bring this up about his wife and her two children. Anybody know the name of the boys? Ephraim and Manasseh. And don't hold me to this, I forget how it goes, but one of them, his name means fruitful. And the other name means God has caused me to forget. I think that therein lies a good lesson in the life of Joseph. And God has caused me to forget. I, the way I look at that is, because I'm sure he was an intellectual man, I'm sure he didn't forget a thing. But he's saying, God took the stinger out of that. That memory of my brothers, God took the sting and the stinger out of that memory. And because of that, God was able to use Joseph and he was fruitful. Jacob said he was a fruitful bow that was able to go up and scale over the wall. Thank God. And you know... Heaven's going to be a wonderful place, but think about this. Being able to meet such people as a Joseph, that's going to be incredible. It'll be incredible. And at 17, we see his integrity was true to God, even at that young of age. Bow your heads, please. Father, we're thankful for your word that we have to be able to lean on and to be able to be guided by each and every week and each and every day of our life. And Lord, what an opportunity and plus privilege it is for me to be able to preach to Orchardville Church. Also, the CDs that get no telling where all they go and also being on the Internet. And Lord, the good, the good reports that we hear back from people that watch that. Lord, we're thankful for all of those things. But God, I am thankful 
for that coat of salvation. That coat of salvation that I received back a long time ago now. And that how it's a full-length coat. And how that coat, it covers me. And how that coat, it assures me. And how that coat, it protects me. And I'm thankful for that. And God, I know that there are people, I'm sure of it, whether it be here, Centralia, Fairfield, uh, CDs by internet, there's going to be somebody that they haven't asked. They haven't received. As Jacob made that coat and Joseph readily received that coat. And Lord, as you made salvation for me 2,000 years ago, and years ago I readily received that coat. God, I pray that there will be people that will receive that coat. Because it's already been bought and paid for. It's already been made. And it's pieced together with your love and your forgiveness and your compassion and your mercy and your strength, your faith. God, do a work. Do a work here this day. In Jesus' wonderful name we're praying. Amen. Would you please stand? As they begin playing and singing, if you have a need here, perhaps it is for salvation. Don't be backward. Don't be backward. Come, come forward. There'll be people that'll pray for you and with you. But if you have a need for whatever it is, be willing to come forward and let God do a wonderful work in your life. And those that's going to be baptized, uh, you get ready to be baptized, and we'll do that at the close of this service here. Come on. Come on.
Hey, there's a man that I've read about off and on numerous times uh, in the 30 years I've been preaching. George Truitt. One time, 100, 100 plus years ago, he pastored the biggest church in America, uh, First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. And he was at that church for 35 years. And there was a lawyer. He wasn't from Texas, and I don't think this lawyer was either. They came from out of the state and moved into that area, and he began pastoring, and this lawyer started a business. At 35th anniversary, the church threw a party for the pastor, and the lawyer, who was not a part of the church, but he had honor and respect for the, for the man of God, he showed up. And he told uh, George Truett, he said, George, we came to this area at the same time, 35 years ago. He said, you'd see me sneak in every now and then, hear you preach. And he said, now the church is so big, thousands. He said, you never know when I'm here, but every now and then I show up. And he says this, and it wasn't funny at all. He said, funny thing is, years ago, you'd preach, and I would be moved to tears. But I never would say yes to Jesus. And now, 35 years later, you're a far better preacher than you used to be. And you preach, and I don't feel nothing at all. That is such a scary thing. Such a scary thing. Don't let it be that you just constantly, you hear the preacher week in and week out, and what used to touch you kind of touches you. If you don't watch out, months turn into years, and when you never act upon what God's dealing with you about, you'll get further and further and further away. You probably won't be affected by it at all. That's a scary place to be. That's a scary place to be. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618 835-2677.